Welcome to Bundesliga Recap, match day 24, and this means there's only 10 games left for each team in the Bundesliga, which means we're getting down to the uh, end of the season, which hopefully gives us a play, um, a title race, um, going to give us a really good race for the um, Europe, Europe spots, and it looks like the relegation uh, battle is going to be really, really fun too. We'll see how that works out. And looking at it, we'll start with the first game of the weekend, which was between Cologne and Bochum. And Bochum won this one 2-0. And I think the Squirrelings, I mean, watching the game, it looked like Union, or not Union, uh, Cologne were pretty good. I think they were better than Bochum. Overall, it looked like they were better than Bochum. Bochum had a penalty early, which is why... They got that first goal, and then uh, Masovic in the 76 crowned the game off. But Cologne, I mean, really only two lapses in judgment, two moments, and they got away from him. That's all Bochum needed. Credit to Bochum. They get the win. I don't, I think this is a little bit, maybe a little bit generous to them, but I would really like to point out the, sh the shift that I'm seeing at the bottom of the table. And it used to be that Mostly German clubs didn't sit back and defend and soak up pressure, but Schalke is doing it, and they, I mean, we'll talk about them later. They got a really nice result, and they're climbing up the table very, very fast. In terms of points, Schalke is on an amazing unbeaten run, and Bochum get three points here. And I mean, mainly because they, they stayed back. Cologne couldn't break them down. Cologne had 63% possession. I mean, accurate passes, Cologne had uh, 369 to Bochum's 190. I mean, that just shows you how much Cologne were passing the ball around Bochum, but they just could not find a way through. They had five shots on target, but overall, Bochum's defense held th strong. And I think this is a shift um, following uh, Schalke and their success. And I think you got to give credit to Thomas Lesch. Um, I mean, it's smart, it's good tactics, shifting the tactics, tactics a bit, and it really fooled, uh, Stefan Bumgarner and Cologne. Moving on, um, the highest scoring game of the, uh, of the match day between Bayern and Augsburg. Wow. Bayern get five goals, Augsburg get three. And I think the biggest thing that I want to talk about in this game, especially, that's how open both teams were. And this doesn't surprise me for Augsburg. They're going to play. They're not going to be one of the teams that sits back. And that might be a downfall of theirs. I don't know. But they're still uh, seven points out of the relegation battle for the bottom three spots. So I, I wouldn't say um, they're in too much jeopardy. But being this open, it could cost them. If we look at the Augsburg perspective, they're winning or losing a lot of games. They haven't really... They, I mean, their last draw came November 9th. So it's kind of an up or down. They either win or they don't. So that's, I think, really costly for them. But also three points is a lot better than one. So in that way, they're benefiting. And it's almost, it's really where they've got to they'll win and then they'll lose. They'll win and then they'll lose. And so I think this will be really interesting in the next game, which is one of my key games next week, Augsburg versus Schalke. And I think this is going to be such a key game because Augsburg are going to go for it. They always do. They've got players to go for it. And Schalke are just shown they're going to sit back 
and they're going to soak up pressure. So I really want to see which strategy works, and if Schalke can get a result here that really can cement them up the table and could put Augsburg into this really amazing relegation battle. So that's a very, very key game. The high points for Augsburg in this game, though, um, was uh, Mergan Bricic, who gets his eighth, uh, seventh and eighth goal. He's on loan from Fenerbahce. Um, and I think if Augsburg can get him on the cheaper side, they're gonna they're gonna have him uh stay. He's been pretty good for them. His expected goals is right around eight, so that means he is doing what he's expected to. His expected assists are right there at four too. So he's performing exactly how he should. He's not overperforming anything, and he's been very good. Um, some players that weren't really good in this game, Maximilian Bauer looked shaky, 23-year-old center back for Augsburg, and um, Baumgartlinger, um, that's a mouthful, but he didn't look too good in the midfield either, so some young players um, that Augsburg's putting out, actually Baumgartlinger is 35, but they have a 23-year-old at center back, and they put Engels, a 19-year-old Belgian kid, in the midfield, so they're going up with a little bit of a younger lineup, which I think could help them, but they're going to need a little bit of experience to pull through as well. And um, Vargas came in. He's 24 years old, but he also has a lot of experience. He's been in the Bundesliga for a little bit. Uh, Ivan Cardona, 25. So they have a lot of young players. Ivan Cardona um, came in the January transfer window from France, and he had he had been having an okay season in France. I mean, really hadn't been playing much due to injury and also just his team finding better options, but he gets a goal in this game, comes on it in the second half, so maybe he could spur on Augsburg and get become a striker pairing with Berisha and really could form a dynamic duo. That's a lot, and Augsburg will move to the Bayern side, and so I think the biggest thing for Bayern on this side was they played a five-back-ish, I would say. I mean, there's a lot of rotation. They use a lot of formations in the same game. Kinsolo at points was going into the midfield, and they would drop to a back four. Then Davies would bomb out onto the um, side, and then Kinsolo uh, would switch back more into a right-back rule. Pavard would go into the center back, Delict out wide. So there was just a ton of rotation, and I think it worked. Um, maybe a little bit of a worrying sign. Thomas Muller isn't starting all the time, and I think it worked in this game. I'm not going to complain about that. I'm going to complain about maybe that's not the best choice for the dressing room just because he has so much power because he's been there for so long. He's the iconic Bayern guy. He's never been at a different club. And so maybe with him not being in there, maybe he does uh, not like Julian Nagelsmann as much, which could shift the dressing room away from him. That'd be my only concern. But another concern I have was the defense just didn't look that good in this game. And it's really weird because they looked so good against PSG. There will be a use um, Champions League and uh, Bundesliga in act, Bundesliga teams in action in Europe uh, podcast out on Friday. Really uh, nailing into more of the Bayern versus PSG games, but Upenokano and Delict were so good in those games. And this game, it just there was there was gaps, there was mistakes. It, I mean, each player I think had good moments. There was good passing sequences through. Um, Augsburg, but just looked a little bit too open for Bayern. And I would say my overall takeaway from this game, even though Bayern score five and their attack looks flying, Bayern aren't as good as I thought they were. 
just because I think in this game they show they can be open, and with teams uh, Bayern's going to have to face going into like later down the season, they've got Leverkusen and Dortmund, who both have a ton of quality. And then at second to last game of the season, they've got Leipzig. So in those games, they could drop points because they just don't have that. Uh, they're a little bit too open. With being a little open, you can invite attacks, especially Augsburg really good on the counter because Bayern had 66% of the possession. So teams like Schalke could give Bayern trouble, which they have to face again. So I just don't fully trust Bayern in closing out the season in really good form. All five of their goals came from very close to the goal too. So um, that's a good sign just because that means they're getting really high value chances. But Augsburg did have some really key moments on the break. And it looked like they really pushed in that second half and did have a very good uh, showing. I wouldn't say Augsburg did themselves dirty. And I think uh, Bayern a little bit more open than I think everyone thought they were, especially after the PSG game, which the defense looked so solid. Uh, moving on to Hertha versus Mainz. This game, again, was a little co- confusing to me just because Mainz had been on such a good form. They had won four in a row. They come up against a Hertha team who has been playing fine. They've been getting some wins and quite a few losses. But in the last four games before this, they had two wins and two losses. So that's not bad. Including a 4-1 win of Gladbach and a 2-0 defeat uh, against Augsburg. So, or 2-0 win against Augsburg. So, I mean, really, they've 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 been fine. And they're getting goals, but it just they got a penalty in the um, 18th minute which was a huge plus, but then Mainz came back and equalized in the 57th, and Mainz probably should have won uh, should have uh, won this game, like, on paper, but Hertha did have some moments where they looked really dangerous, particularly in the second half. It, the game opened up a lot more, and both sides, I felt like, could have had more goals, but it's just what happened. Uh, not everything flows each team's way. I feel like we could have saw a few more goals, a few more if the teams were a little bit more clinical. I felt like this game could have taken off a bit. I did want to talk about uh, the new signing for Mainz. Um, I'm definitely going to butcher this name. Ludovic um, Aruke, um, 29-year-old French striker. And I didn't really think this was going to be a huge signing. He's six foot six. He's 29 years old. And he's got two goals and assists in eight appearances. But he's, I mean, he's only played 561 minutes. He came in January. And he's got two goals in the last three matches. And he's looked good in every single one of those matches. So in the last five matches, he's got two goals and an assist. So he's really kicking on right now. So not to mention, he's he plays good link-up play too for a big man. And he plays very good hold-up play. So, building off of that, you could really let players like um, Jason Lee get forward, Ingvartsen, Barrero um, gets an uh, assist, which is good. And Roberts and Anton Stack looks good. So, if they can all feed off of him and push forward, he could really make a difference for this team, especially because they're a team that needs a striker to go forward and get goals. And if he can be that guy, that is super key for Mainz going forward. Mainz are right now in a position where they could be pushing for top spots. 
And, I mean, if you look at their team, they're getting a lot of goals from Lee. He's got seven. But Kareem Anziwu, who's now on the bench, and Mervit Ingbertson, who's got eight, those are their two top scorers. So, if um, Aruk Arjunke, I, I, I have no idea how to pronounce this name, to be honest. And if he can push forward and lead this attack, I think they could really, really make a push for Europe. Because they're sitting seventh, and they're four points behind Frankfurt, and they're way off of Freiburg. Nine points behind them, and only one point uh, Wolfsburg behind them, and Leverkusen are two points behind them. So they're in the middle of a bunch, but I think with the right uh, striker up top, Mainz could really push forward. And then we're going to talk about a different game, which had three goals in it, all three by Leipzig over Gladbach. Leipzig wiped Gladbach off the pitch. I mean, Gladbach off the pitch. It wasn't even close. All three goals... I mean, did come in uh, the 57th, 71st, and 80th minute. So it did take them a little while to break through. Uh, uh, Alisson Plea missed a penalty. I mean, what a horrible game he had. I mean, it was a disastrous game. He committed the foul that leaded to the penalty for uh, Leipzig. That was their second goal that Forsberg uh, converted. Blaschwitz saved... Uh, his Alisson play as penalty. I mean, that was a disastrous game for him. Gladbach just didn't look like themselves. They've been really, really inconsistent, and they're not on a great spell right now. Only one win in their last six games, so they really need to turn it around if they want any spot in Europe. They're four. Um, they're ten points behind. I think they're just gonna have to settle for mid table. They're 10 points above 16th spot, so I don't think there's any chance of them getting relegated, which, again, would be a shocker, but there's a, Hoffenheim's down there at the bottom, and they're obviously a big club in Germany as well. So, I mean, that's not too far off, but I want to talk about a few Leipzig players. In particular, Werner. This looked like a Werner finish that you would have seen when he played for Leipzig originally. I mean, what a finish. He's not having the greatest season. Seven goals, two assists. He's scoring every um, 177 minutes. And I th- he isn't in the greatest form either, but maybe this spurs on uh, him. Although, looking at the Manchester City-Leipzig uh, game, it w- did not go well. Again, I'll recap that on uh, on Friday. But, I mean, it just did not go well for Leipzig in that game at all. So, But Forsberg got a goal, and Guardiola got a goal. But, again, Leipzig are so deep that uh, even with an injury to Nkuku um, and um, Javar um, Schlager hasn't even played really at all since, like, he he played on March 3rd. Now he's injured. They've got, um, they've got Abu Diallo, who didn't play much, but he's, he's injured now, too. He's been injured for a while. And then uh, Glachi's also been like out for the whole season. So, I mean, they're really doing well. And Glachi's replacement is another one I want to talk about. Janic Blasevich has played so well in these recent games. Again, I can't talk about... I'll, I'll talk about the Manchester City 7-0 defeat. that they seven, Manchester City put 7 on Leipzig. I don't really think most of those goals... I don't think you could really complain about Blasevich's performance too much. But Leipzig, he's... He got a penalty save in this game. He got a penalty save earlier. 
He did give up a penalty against Dortmund, but obviously he saves this one, kind of makes up for it. And he played absolutely amazing, and he got man of the match. So I think well-deserved from him. Give him some props. Frankfurt versus Stuttgart. And uh, this was a game that I thought was very interesting overall. Stuttgart played fine, but I'm just really confused on this Freiburg team. Because, or not Frankfurt, Frankfurt team. Like, I, I don't get it at all. They go from having getting Moani on a relatively super cheap um, uh, transfer fee, and then he's everything to them. They Every time they play forward, it's always to Moani. Moani has to get rid of it. Moani receives it. He has to play out. So I just don't understand how it went from he could be a good prospect in a few years. He could make maybe maybe get ten goals. That'd be a great season. To now having uh, eleven goals and ten assists and being one of the breakout stars of the season, to now just everything has to go through him. And I think there's a fine line between being an important player and being the only player that makes this team click. And I think that's the issue for Frankfurt because teams are now starting to notice that Mavropanos and Ito did a fantastic job of nullify Mwani a lot, and I mean, the fantastic player he is, he still got chances, he's still created for his team, but I just didn't, I didn't see the um, different ways of flowing forward for Frankfurt as much as I would like to. Talking from a uh, Stuttgart perspective, though, Stuttgart look way better in this game than they have, they get the win, or the draw, I mean, it felt like a win, honestly, they get the goal in the 75th minute, and, I mean, the place kind of exploded. Or, I mean, the Stuttgart fans exploded, at least. And you could hear it in the entire stadium. Just eru- It felt like the entire stadium erupted, even though it was in Frankfurt. So, Stuttgart fans, obviously super excited. And then I think they're more even excited when they see who's on the score sheet. And it's Silas um, Kupan Matovo, Matoba. And he's had a difficult season. Four goals. He's well off that... Uh, season where he had 11 goals, even though he's injured, like he was so good in that season. But if they could get him for Stuttgart could get out of this relegation battle. They're sitting 16th with a lot of relegation teams getting points, including Schalke, Boca. So that was huge. And uh, Hertha also got points. So almost everyone in the relegation battle, except for Hoffenheim, got points. We'll talk about them in a second. But so that's how huge it was uh, for uh, for Stuttgart to get these points. But if you look at the Frankfurt, they got a goal from Sebastian Rode, and that's huge. He's their captain, getting the goal, getting the point. But, I mean, overall, it just doesn't look too much, too very inspiring. And right now, it's a little bit flat, for, in my opinion, for the Frankfurt side. And I would like to see them push forward and be a little bit more dynamic. Talking about a game that was absolutely fantastic, though, is Schalke versus Dortmund. By far away the best game of the match. I know Bayern, Augsburg had eight goals. It was crazy. Schalke versus Dortmund. The Rise Derby. I mean, what a game. What an absolute game. And Schalke get a point. That's huge. Schalke haven't been beaten since January the 24th. 
They got smashed 6-1 by Le Leipzig, and they could have easily just sunken down. Manager could have given up. It's not what they've done, though. Uh, Thomas Rice has been absolutely fantastic since October 22nd. He he started rough, but now since he's built Schalke into this defense, and they just are so hard to break down. It's ridiculous. Twenty uh, or two point oh two expected goals for Dortmund. They could get. They got exactly that. But the ball position, sixty six percent to Dortmund. They made over double uh, Schalke's passes. And, I mean, Schalke looked fine. It didn't look like they got dominated. And talk about a game of kind of two halves, essentially, in the way it flowed overall. Because if you look at it, Schalke looked so much better in the second half. I mean, they really, really pushed. And they could have even had a winner at the end. So, I mean, I like looking at the play, I think Schalke looked so good. And... For me, this is so disappointing for a Dortmund perspective. I'll talk about that, and like this is like the biggest disappointment for them. Guerrero played in midfield, and I think that was a genius move. But Edin Terzic, he played so well. He was man of the match. It was a good. It was really good. But they're open again at the back. They're prone to the mistake. Slaughterback gets a goal, but they look so open, and I just don't understand how Dortmund. Are, are like they look like they could be pushing against Bayern for this um, title pursuit, but in two match days, I don't see Dortmund getting ready for this game. And if they can't get ready for this game, then I really don't know what to tell you. Because if Dortmund aren't ready for Bayern, then title race is over. So if Dortmund want any way of winning this title race, they've got to push and they've got to really solidify this defense. Um, Marios Bulter, um, who's sneakily like in great form right now for Schalke, and one of the reasons why Schalke's really pushing forward, he's got three goals and an assist in the last three games. So he hadn't really he hadn't scored before this streak since August the twenty seventh. Like he had been so poor. He started the season so hot. He had three goals in four games at the start of the season. And now he's sitting on six goals. So he has he had a long stretch of the season where he just wasn't playing well. Schalke wasn't playing well. Now he's playing well. And now Schalke are playing well. He's 29 years old, so you don't expect him to make a huge transfer. But his expected goals are up there. And getting a push on this team is huge from him. He played outstanding, I thought. But overall, um, it was a really good performance, I think, from Schalke this Game had an amazing atmosphere. Schalke fans were amazing. Dortmund fans, you could hear them in the stadium as well. This felt like a really, really nice, cool match to be at. I wish I had been. It, I mean, it was absolutely fantastic, atmosphere-wise. And the play lived up to it. So, I overall, uh, big thumbs up to this game. And then, Freiburg-Hoffenheim. Now getting on to the three Sunday matches. Freiburg versus Hoffenheim. This was a good game, I think, if you're going to look at Freiburg's perspective on getting three points. But Hoffenheim managed to lose every game they play on. And it's just like, it's incredible. They should have won this game. They get a red card in the 84th minute, Ozan Kabak. Like, I don't know how they do it. They had higher expected goals, higher shots. Couldn't get their shots on target. And they pay for it. 
They only have one shot on target. That goes in, so that's good. But then they give up an 89th minute winner. I mean, Freiburg scored in the 5th and the 89th minute. They were literally on for two two points of the game, and they get two goals. Like, I, I don't know how you do it as a Hoffenheim fan. Really, I mean, it, this is horrible to watch. Like, they just managed to throw away every game. And I don't want to say for Pellegrino Monterazzo needs to be sacked. I think he should be given a bit more time, but it might be coming close to his time. Like, I don't know. They, they, he cannot just, it just looks like he can't find a way to win. And to make matters worse, they're going to have to face against a Hertha team who are going to be pushing because they're in the relegation battle with Hoffenheim. Better Bremen, who's, I mean, they're in a, a exciting team. And then they got Schalke and Bayern. So it's a tough schedule coming up in some key games, especially between two teams that um, uh, Hoffenheim's going to play two teams in the relegation battle in Hertha and Schalke. Hoffenheim are also sitting dead last. So, again, not good at all. Freiburg uh, sit fifth. They're tied with Union, who are falling off heavily. Um, for the last spot in the um, Champions League. So they could potentially get in the Champions League for this club would be huge. With the amount they pay their players and how much they pay for transfer fees, this would be a huge, huge success. Uh, moving on to another game, Bremen versus Leverkusen. This game, I, I looked on it and I thought just two of these teams kind of open. They push very hard. And again, five goals. Holoza gets a goal, Palacios, Fringpong, Bakker um, all get goal contributions for Leverkusen, while Fulkru and Deutsch get the um, uh, goal contribution goals for uh, Vetter Bremen. Fulkru a goal and an assist, been an absolute goal machine this season, 15 for him, that's its all-time high. Fringpong played very, very well in this game, but I, I'm a little bit confused. On uh, Xabi Alonso's tactics, just, I mean, they're so open. I mean, and I can't believe Vitter Raymond didn't win this game. I think it's absolutely crazy how they didn't win this game. Looking at all the stats, the play, the way they pushed, especially if you look at that uh, middle part of the game. End of the first half, start of the second half, it really looked like it was going to be all Vitter Raymond. It was a cagey affair at times, but... I mean, all the great chances really fell for um, Vitter Bremen, and somehow Leverkusen have got three goals, and it's a huge result for them. They now sit uh, six points off of sixth place Frankfurt for Europe spots, so that could be huge. They're two points off of Mainz in seventh, so, I mean, really pushing Leverkusen could make a run for this. Bremen are four or th- are now uh, four points behind Leverkusen. That's why this game was so big, but... Bremen, Bremen are fine. They're 10 points away from uh, relegation danger. I think I don't think they're going to go down. They've got players in great form. And when you have Dutch and uh, Fulkrug as a partner up top, they work well together, and that's what, exactly what they did in this game. So props to them. Wolfsburg versus Union Berlin, last game of the match day. And Wolfsburg... And Union draw, and I look okay. First, we'll look at the Union perspective. They're fourth. I just said they're tied with Freiburg. It's just they've just haven't been doing good. They haven't won in the Bundesliga. 
since February the 11th. They've just been dropping points, drawing. They have they've literally drawn every match since then, except for uh, a win in the Europa League and a loss to Bayern. So I mean, it's just been really, really disappointing. They're still in Europe. They did tie um, 3-3. Now they've got to go to Belgium. So, again, I'll recap that on Friday. But, I mean, overall, I mean, Union fans get had such a good start to the season, and it's kind of gone downhill. Uh, but I want to talk about one player from the Wolfsburg perspective, and I know I talk about Patrick Wimmer all the time. He comes off the bench in this game, gets a goal almost instantly, too. He gets a goal in the 84th minute. He subbed on in the 82nd minute. So talk about instant impact. And the player he was subbed on with, Kevin Paredes, gets a goal. Not to mention, he's a 19-year-old U.S. kid, so that's huge. But if they can have talent like Kevin Paredes coming through and Patrick Wimmer playing well, then Wolfsburg could, could potentially get a little bit younger in their lineup, which I, I think could help. But they also have just a lot of talent that's just not performing as well as they could. They're 35, on 35 points, one point behind Mainz, could be pushing for that top six or seven, maybe get into Europa League. They're going to have to have a – there's a lot of teams there, though. There's a lot of teams pushing for those spots. So we'll just have to wait and see how that turn pans out. But thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Bundesliga Recap. Have a great day. Bye.